It's Aloe Vera. This is Steel Tip Dove, and you're listening to the Cabbages Hip Hop Podcast. Jeff. Uh, yes, Gary. You, are you excited about something? What's going on, bud? No, I know I don't usually open the show, but I have mm. to start by I have to I have to preempt this conversation for a moment. Just are we fucking up here? Like, did we fuck this season up? Did we fuck this season up. Why would we fuck this season up? I think I, we, I think we might have up. fucked up the season. You came in locked and loaded. You're like that. Uh, you're like that. Uh, that head vampire in the movie. She was something. She was something else. She was coming in there with some vigor, some gusto. She was going to get what she wanted. All business. We're going to talk about day shift. But when I first started talking with you about this season, rapper movie season, we set some sort of kind of initial ground rules for ourselves. And a lot of that was about avoiding the very obvious picks. Mm -hmm. So it's like we didn't pick like belly. Yeah, we didn't didn't pick baby boy. Yeah. We didn't pick state property. We didn't pick these films that are like canonically known as rapper movies hmm. because we wanted to show sort of this breadth and depth of what rappers are bringing to the screen, both right. as directors, as well as actors and, and writers. Oh, so, I know where this is going. So I we're know on this run of late. We're, we're, we're picking stinkers and it makes people look we're bad. We're picking shit. It yeah. makes the rappers look bad. Listen, if there's if there's any actor on the face of the earth where we were going to pick a bad movie, and this is a clunker for sure. Mm. Uh, there's a lot of positives to it, but it, it's a clunker. We'll go so if there's any actor that can get us through the dark times, it's Snoop Dogg. Yeah. Snoop Dogg! I mean, he's a bright spot in this film. Totally. He's and the reason why we chose this. We've learned that a lot. We're like upon viewing these movies, the bad ones, especially in a lot of cases, there's bright spots coming from these actors and it's like on their way up, but the movies are bad. Yeah. Like, I mean, we have, we have a great lead in this film. Like Jamie Foxx is, is like a terrific actor and can do a lot of things, but you know, and we'll talk about the flaws of this film, but like we went into this for Snoop Dogg. What we've done is we paint ourselves into a corner. What do you want yeah. to do? You want to watch a good movie next? I mean, I feel like we because I got three should. words for you, pal. Mm. Cool as ice. very happy to introduce our guests for today's show joining us now are aloe vera and steel tip dove the ohio-based hip-hop artist and the brooklyn new york producer joined forces last year for the joint album days past strange which is available wherever music is streamed or sold hello and welcome to the show hello yo what's up hello what's up honestly we're very happy to have you all on obviously dove friend of the show responsible for the music uh that you hear 
throughout the uh, the show is is always dubs, and that's a delight. It's an honor for us to be able to call back to that, and it's it's fun for us to to have that. But the key thing is, you guys put out an album, and I loved the record, and I wrote about the record in the newsletter, and I wanted more people to hear about this record. And it seemed to me that while there was plenty of opportunities, I said, what better way to get people to check out your record than to bring you both on the show and talk about the movie Day Shift? <laughs> I, I made a list of reasons, yeah. a, a list of things we could do mm. for this record. And this landed on the top of my list as well. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Specifically, this film, everything about this was really well thought out, well planned. This promotion plan. And I will definitely bring up throughout this episode, I'm sure, ways in which I thought this movie was appropriate for you as guests. But before we get into the movie itself, I think it's worth starting with the reason why we're watching this movie in the first place, which is Snoop. Snoop is the reason for this. We've been doing this season where we watch what we're calling rapper movie season, where we watch movies where rappers are in front of the camera, behind the camera, screenwriting, or otherwise involved. And so uh, Snoop was an episode we've been wanting to do for a long time, and we wanted to make sure we did the right film because he has such a extraordinarily large it's a diverse catalog. filmography. Uh, his catalog yeah. of, of films is both as himself as well as playing characters is huge. So I think it's worth uh, starting out by asking our guests. Gary, Gary can uh, I interject real quick? Uh, sure, mind? might as well. Yeah, I guess. I guess yeah, you can yeah. just interrupt me. Sure, why not? I just think it's been way too long for me talking about Snoop Dogg without smoking weed that's all i wanted to say <laughs> i'm gonna jump in now continue okay. with your question no please 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 smoke that's what everybody wants to uh experience on a audio right. only podcast no 100 maybe hearing you smoke out of here we go kareem abdul jabong okay great kareem abdul jabong baby getting back to my main question what is your respective experiences uh with snoop dogg both musically as well as on screen Ooh, all right all right all right so geez i guess like music wise uh first uh like really hit me uh while i was going through like a weird phase in music where i was just like ah uh, everything's kind of like really kind of emo and <laughs> emotional and then out of literally nowhere like i had listened to snoop dogg before then but sensual seduction yes ah. <laughs> i was Jamsville. like and, and like you know jokes jokes whatever whatever no that was just such a well-produced song i, was I love like, that oh, song oh i'm in it actually uh <laughs> and then i did it, it, it was like started this like you know revelation is like oh snoop just like gets into other genres really heavy mm-hmm. uh like starting from like what like G Funk or whatever like it's a really big like diverse pool of, in it of itself but like Snoop Dogg is just like unafraid just I'm gonna be in the genre now whatever like <laughs> side quest it out you know let's just like flesh yeah. it out and it, they're really well produced projects and like really well concepted projects and that's something I've always loved uh, movie wise uh, it's funny. I feel like I'm just like being real obscure for no reason. Movie wise, uh, I actually really liked Snoop Dogg and Baby Boy. <laughs> a uh, lot of people would. Absolutely. Yeah, a lot of people would pick that one. 
We uh, would have well, picked that, but people would enjoy talking about it, so we won't do that, people. <laughs> we we could have picked that movie. We could have picked, we could have picked any of them. Oh, There's a hundred of them, I'm sure. He's been in everything. No. His IMDb oh, credits are like 280 things, which includes music videos, but like Ooh. he has been on a lot of screens over the years. Mm. A lot. Yeah, yeah. Stay with a check. I'm sure that's like TV shows too. Yeah, there's TV not, stuff for sure. <laughs> that was also a recent thing where uh, there's like this YouTuber who like I've really been digging, who's like a video essayist. Uh, his name is uh, FD Signifier, and he did like. <laughs> He did like a two hour video, I think, like some ridiculous on like the ramifications of the like, you know, what the parody that is Baby Boy, uh, the like deep textual like context of this film and how it relates to like John Singleton pretty much birthing the era of like hood film of like, mm. you know, like and then like his return to that after a while was baby boy, which is like almost like a very like thin layer of comedy, but like this really intense satire. That's pretty much a, hmm. a satire of a genre he created that is like really talking to the themes that he's expressed in his work. And then that people have built on, um, yeah, baby boy, Snoop Dogg. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> I feel similarly about Day Shift. I think this is a seminal work. Yeah. Well, before we get into your opinions <laughs> on this movie, uh, I would like to hear. Yeah. I really hope nobody believes me when I said that. <laughs> seminal work. If we just start being self-parodying yourself at this point. Uh, Steel Tip Dove. What about your experience with uh, with Snoop? Uh, musically as well as on the uh, screen. Well, musically, I was typing, looking up movies that he's been in. More movies. <laughs> uh, musically, though, I remember being... I'm trying to look up the date for uh, Snoop Doggy Dog, um, the video, the original date on that. Uh, mm. I, was, I was staying up past my bedtime on purpose to listen to that song on a top 10 radio countdown. Mm. Uh, I was listening mm -hmm. to the whole, you know, I was staying up to listen to this thing real quiet on a radio, you know, in my room in bed. And that was during that era. And that was always in the top one, two, three, four, five, that track. And I was just like, what the fuck is this? I was so young. Um, <laughs> and it was so fucking cool. And uh, then I eventually saw that, you know, Gin and Juice video. Snoop, Snoop Dogg, to me, has maybe one of the greatest careers in entertainment of all time. Mm. All, all time. I would Period. say, in my opinion, uh, of like if we're using the word entertainer, mm -hmm, sure, I'm gonna put him in the top twenty in all history, bro. Look at his career, the diversity, yeah. the jobs he's got, the checks, the different, just every it's 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 absurd the amount of things that Snoop Dogg has done and never not been Snoop Dogg, like just mm -hmm. this dude who you kind of like he gave us his he gave his personality to the world. <clears throat> through music first and acting and just kept it that and it's still uh, when was this movie made like this is a pretty modern movie 22? i had no idea what i was going into man oh my so god it was 2022 when it came out yeah, right? yeah yeah and snoop dogg wasn't in it enough but he, he was the he's he was the best part of it uh, uh oh. <laughs> one of my yeah. favorite one of my favorite things about him here and anywhere <clears throat> is that his charisma steals the scene without him having to be 
a scene chewer or overtly loud or like attention grabbing. He just like rolls into the scene, does his thing, and is like, all right. Snoop Dogg I'm gracefully fade to the background. Yeah. Is is a is a gracing his your presence is is quite a feat. So what's incredible about Snoop Dogg is that unlike other uh hip hop artists who have uh found their way across entertainment, not mm. even necessarily as actors per se, but across entertainment, is no one has ever gotten sick of Snoop Dogg ever. No one has ever been tired of seeing Snoop Dogg in things. It's like if, if I see DJ Khaled one more time, I'm going to lose my fucking <laughs> shit. I hear you. I don't care if he's golfing. I don't care. Whatever he's doing, <laughs> I'm not interested anymore. I lost interest about like a year into the pandemic. And I'm like, I'm done. I'm good. I don't need to see any more DJ Khaled. There's nothing there. But there is something about Snoop's charm. There's something about the way in which he's able to engage you, whether he's playing himself or he is – you know, shilling products. I'll take one step further, Gary. Name a time you weren't cheering for Snoop Dogg. Oh my God. I can't think of one. You're no. like always cheering for like, he could be a greedy businessman. He could be Satan. He could be anything he wants. And you're like, but he's cool, man. He's just, <laughs> he's just so cool, man. You was, was watching Baby Boy like, ah, I mean, I hope, you know. That's the <laughs> one of the only times that I was like, Oh shit. I like don't how dare you, Snoop Dogg. How dare you? You know what I mean? Like I wanted to scold Snoop Dogg. That's the only time I've ever wanted to scold Snoop Dogg. Yeah, I was Dogg. expecting you to stand your ground because I would agree with you because Jody is a terrible main character. But anyway. I hear you. Yeah. <laughs> and there was something... a snow on the bluff too. <laughs> <laughs> Let me ask you this. Oh, is there a Snow on the Bluff one? I don't yeah, know yeah. Snow on the Bluff is one of yes, the craziest sir. movies ever made. It's, uh, well. it's hard it's to explain well. and articulate what it really is. I've never heard of this. <laughs> uh, have you guys seen it? Uh, has anybody else seen it? Gary or Allo? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a homemade uh, movie. When did, when did this sequel come out? When did this sequel come out? 2000, 2015, and My apparently Snoop was in it. And Snow on the Bluff is, if you could still find it online, I'm sure somebody has re-uploaded it. Oh, it is, yeah. I, I would say, like, Blair Witch-esque or, like, I don't want to give too much away, but Fair it's enough. hard to understand what you're watching at first. And Oh, I like that feeling. Uh, I wish yeah. that more movies employed it in a lot of ways because, you know, this movie is one of them where, like, the very beginning just kind of clues you into what you're in for. Yeah, yeah, thank God they were they went right into the. the You're immediately right like, all right, cool. This is going to be a big, weird, violent, like slugfest I, with vampires. Another thing that speaks to Snoop Dogg's sheer presence is mm. that we haven't even mentioned Jamie Foxx yet, who no. is just one of the most incredible, also one of the most incredible artists and entertainers ever. The, the star of this movie. And, yeah, and without even taking anything away from him, with taking anything away from him. It's just shocking to look at Snoop Dogg's career and be like, "Oh, wow!" You know, yeah, Jamie. Yeah, Jamie Foxx is another one of those those uh, artists who has crossed into multiple genres, uh, musically, cinematically. You know, he's a, a literal Oscar winner yeah. on this on the screen in this movie. And like, while this is like a genre film, and it is sort of indicative of the kind of dare I say schlock that Netflix likes to. Uh, engage in for their originals the sort of like action movie action comedy thing that you just don't get made in hollywood anymore 
through a, the studio systems, it just, they just don't do these things anymore. Um, it's something that Jamie Foxx can carry as much of this film as he does. But my original motivation is not just for this show, but just generally was the idea that I kept saying out loud to anyone who listened was Snoop Dogg in a cowboy hat. Like that is reason enough to watch a movie. Snoop His Dogg in a cowboy hat. Is yeah. Big John. Yeah. Big John. Which is awesome. That's the end of that thought. <laughs> it's awesome. Like it's awesome. they knit, they were like, look, we we got the Big John character. We need somebody effortless, effortlessly cool who can talk anybody into anything. Snoop Dogg. And he gets no, to wear a cowboy no. hat over. This movie's great. I'm I'm with it. Well, what you're saying uh, too about like not like being annoyed by Snoop Dogg in this movie, him as Big John is just completely believable. Just like the way yeah. he's just like <laughs> yes. his hat and stuff. I'm like, oh no, Snoop Dogg would do this for sure. Absolutely. <laughs> yes, one hundred percent. The most believable character in all of this <laughs> was this Snoop Dogg. In this L.A. vampire film, yeah, is Snoop Dogg, yeah, as Big John. Can we talk about the the ending? You want to jump to the ending? Early, you want to jump? You want to jump to the ending? Whoa! It doesn't really matter what order we talk about this thing in, right? Like, That's hey, true. spoiler yeah. alert! I'm going to talk about the end. Watch right. the film if you want to. I think you, it's, uh, you said please. it's a seminal work. I think it's really important to people. We just jump into the last page. <laughs> okay, we don't have to. You did say seminal, sir. You did. We should probably start with the beat. seminal. With Snoop's first appearance in this film, the first time okay, we meet fine. him, which is again, I think we can all agree, way too late in this film. Hmm. Yeah, as he yeah. shows up Ooh. in late in Act One as uh, our guide into the world of the Union, um, which I will want to talk about at mm. some point. But you meet this effortlessly cool person who is beloved by everyone except vampires, I guess. Age-appropriate women, dare I say. Uh, flirting heavily with him, hmm. which a lot of credit is due there. These it's no longer it's not like not like they just put something up. It's like they put people who are within an age range. It's like if he was out dating that person, you'd be like, oh sure, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. <laughs> Very true. It's, it, you know, they definitely don't. They played of that, and then he is like treated with such respect in that building. You know hmm. that you just know that there can't have ever been anybody else they were considering for that role. Who else could be that role? It doesn't exist in culture. <laughs> I, you know, like who else would you want? No one. There's no one else I would want to Not do Not after this. seeing it. Yeah, yeah. What, I don't do know it. that I would have <laughs> gone to that level first, but the second it was introduced to me, we're going to put Snoop in a cowboy. I was like, Snoop, stop, stop. You've struck gold. You've struck yeah. gold. The rest will write itself. And I think that's kind of how they treated it in a way. I think it's really interesting too, because like the way that he actually like shows up in the film is as cool, but as like the big <laughs> the big John Cool, this is kind of a kind person, you know? Yeah. Like in the <laughs> film. And then in real life. And it's like I don't I don't know a lot of celebrities who could just pull off. Oh, I believe you are a kind person, actually. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> dang. I, a, I, kind, yeah. It, a kind badass is really hard to play convincingly in this type of movie. Like someone who's really nice is going to get eaten alive. Like that's sort of what we get from, I forget his name, but the union rep. Um, Dave Franco. Yeah. Oh, wow. yeah. 
Yeah, he, he's sort of the goody goody of this and is like, you know, yeah, tossed asunder for it. But <laughs> with Snoop Dogg, he like can totally be a badass and be like the nicest guy ever simultaneously. It's no big deal. I believe it. Snoop Dogg can walk into any room, fiction, nonfiction, mm. any, any made up room or any real room. He'll walk in, command the room and have friends right away. There's a certain amount of people in this world where you'll believe any story they tell you about him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> also one of them right there snoop dog yep i bet he did do that shit so then <laughs> given the charisma that he has and given how the extraordinary reappearance in act three of this film why oh why was this not a buddy comedy between snoop yeah. and jamie fox this is, and we yeah. had to do it with, with dave franco for yeah. two thirds of the show, even when he dies, we have to deal with him. It's unfair. That's what I was thinking. You know, it's just like, oh, could they not afford both? Because like <laughs> they probably had to make a choice. Yeah, but they got like, soup for also, one day. It's also Dave Franco, so it's like he may have not had time. Like, there's so much that goes into writing. Uh, like you, you hear about the writer strike and all that stuff. Like, there's so much that goes into writing and shooting a film. Like they mm. made like he Snoop Dogg stay with a job. That's what we said. So like and man, he's a he's a busy dude. Like this is an original script. I don't think it's based off of like a movie or nothing. So like he made oh, no. like uh, I can pop in and out, but like you know. <laughs> well, like, speaking, I think up. maybe maybe this is a good idea to speak about the writing uh, since you mentioned that. Um, oh no! It is, there are mm. two writers credited on this film: Tyler Tice and Shay Hatton neither which sound like real people's names. Um, for, it's Tice's first screenwriting yes. credit. Okay. I should nice. just say right off the bat, the, the person who has given the lead screenwriting credit, uh, this is their first ever uh, one really showing up. On <laughs> this, is a time, this is a time to put the Cabbage's curse to the test. Yes. Because um, this is the first person's first and I don't want to be the judge here, but it <laughs> they don't have anything coming up. They don't have anything coming up according to IMDb. <laughs> this doesn't surprise me. But... <laughs> For those but... <laughs> uninitiated, including our guests, fucking every movie we watch, it's somebody's last film ever. They are never invited back <laughs> to Hollywood. They've been alive forever, but now they're a lawyer. Or, you know, they walk dogs. They just, like, don't work in the fucking industry ever again. You watch Career Killers. And we don't mean to, but we start looking up facts about the film. And invariably, it's like, last time this person ever wrote a feature film, they write commercials now. (laughs) First person you hire better be an accountant. Yeah. (laughs) But Shay Hatton, the uh, second credited screenwriter, has... uh, uh, some writing credits on some films that you may have seen. He has credits on John Wick 3 and 4. Is that why the main character doesn't talk? <laughs> <laughs> Excellent question. Well, uh, he wrote the fight scenes, it sounds like. <laughs> well, the script for 2 was like, I think, somewhere around 150 pages of it were just the word gunfire over and over and over again. <laughs> So, not a whole lot to write there. I haven't seen any of those movies. I also have not. There's a strong connection between the John Wick movies and this film, uh, beyond mm, Shea Hatton's mm-hmm. role, uh, because of the director of this film is a veteran stuntman, fight stunt coordinator um, named J.J. Perry, who's worked on 
dozens of movies and TV shows since the mid 1980s. But this is the first directorial. Yes, it is his directorial debut. I knew it. But he's also been a second unit director on a number of films. Oh, that's cool. He did stunt work on both uh, John Wick 1 and 2. He's been second unit director on films really starting like the late 2000s, such as uh, The Dark Tower, The Fate of the Furious, uh, Hmm. F9, The Fast Saga, Skyscraper, and Roadhouse 2, Last Call. Excuse me? Hold on one second. Roadhouse 2, Last Call. Is yes, this sir. a movie in production? Oh, no, this it's already been out exists. About like 2009, I think. I got to see this. Yes. How do you make yes. another story out of that? They did it. They did it. So I bring this up only because this John Wick thing is if you've seen any of John Wick films, they're heavy with lore. They're trying to really build this world about this assassin society, international stuff. And each movie expands it bigger and bigger. And this film really, uh, Day Shift, really did seem to try to do the John Wick thing, not just with the action sequences, but flying us with tons of exposition and information about these vampires that in retrospect and really in real time watching this film, we did not need. Did you need to know how many types of vampires there were? (laughs) There was other information that I needed to know about the vampires. For instance, why did the world seem normal? So was the implication that vampire hunting was known by other people, but his wife just didn't know that he was a vampire hunter. This was a normal job that maybe one would just have, or was it a hidden job? But he hid the job. He didn't like, From his he lied and hid about the job. From the whole world? Like he hid it like it was, yeah, like it was secret. So there's like... Okay, so, so it's that, a secret thing. A, yeah, but that's, that's like... Uh, you know do we believe in the story as the story is telling it you know do we have fun because it's a movie or do we like dissect it because it is a men in black thing where it's like okay Mm. well like you know in real life of course like conspiracies are very hard to like maintain uh and this is not a movie that like you know is trying to take it so seriously but like you know yeah it is cognitively dissonant in that way where it's just like, oh, yeah, secret. why is this a secret? Why do you have to keep it right. secret? If, like, it's it's not nets. a very well-kept secret. Here are a couple of things. First of all, well, this town is unalarmed about gunfire. Right. A missing governor. You know, piles of dead bodies. <laughs> hordes, hordes of missing animals. That's just the valley. This guy's just kidnapping cats from shelters. <laughs> oh, <laughs> this town is just like, yeah, so, what are you going to so do? That's why, the fat cats in Washington, you know? That's why for a minute I thought that there was the potential that maybe that the world knows that there's vampires. Right. And even that maybe sometimes some of the vampires are good because we get to see those two. This, the woman who comes out of nowhere... And I guess at one point they kind of implied that Jamie Foxx started a relationship with the woman that lived next to him. We saw him interact with her once. And then the next time we saw them interact, the implication was that they had a whole relationship, a whole history. We were, we were, we were missing some, there's some scenes missing. So I guess my my question is, I think maybe that there are, that the world knows there's vampires. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, I think the opposite is true. I think it is oh, trying okay. to, and not doing a very good job of it, given all these Swiss cheese holes we've just identified about, like, mm. there's not a single cop that shows up in this entire movie, and there's gunshots heard in broad daylight um, in the first yeah. five minutes of the film. 
and a violent assault that happens at a the house. The motherfucking governor is missing, y'all. <laughs> He's been buried underneath and no one cares. There's well, not a single knows. cop in the street. There's no newscast. There's nothing. Everybody's just like, oh, man, bummer. Well, well that's the thing I kind of <laughs> understood about the film is that, like, the vampire hunters are the cops for the film. So, like, yeah. <laughs> I've been, like, getting really into, like, the understanding of, like, uh, copaganda as of late. There's, like, a, mm-hmm. like, a person who talked about it, like, skip intro. And so, like, in this film, that was what it was to me. I was like, oh, like, about, like, you know, a quarter way through Act 1, I was like, oh, okay, the vampire hunters are the cops. So there doesn't, there doesn't, it would be redundant to have, like, actual cops in the film. Because what? We got extrajudicial justice, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> vigilante mentality backed by, like, some organization. They are the cops. <laughs> so I was like, uh, as soon as that clicked, I was like, oh, I, I mean, Snoop Dogg cool or whatever. I can't root for nobody in this film. <laughs> no. I Honestly, if no, they made the, true. the main villain, if they gave her any sort of actual personality besides I'm a very old vampire and I may kind of remind you of like – Well, she's Lola all Gloria, like, But there's nothing, there's nothing to it. I spent half the time just being like, where is – She's a real pistol. Really, dude. It's all it's all business, man. Yeah, she's coming in. She's coming in hot. Like you know I don't I mean? want. There's nobody to root for in this film, really. Ultimately, um, other than landlords versus cops, you know, yeah. alien versus predators. Yeah, too. and like, we're, pretty, uh, <laughs> we're pretty. We're uh, pretty a cab over here at this show. Anyway, we have no love for the police in any way Listen, whatsoever. The license um, plates of all of the people we see that are vampire hunters, I think, mm-hmm. have like Bible verses on them. Huh? See, I think the I think the vampires what? are out in the open, and that the cops don't get involved because there's vampires hunters that have day shift and night shift. And there's a union. This is the other thing. Is this giant a union? There's union. A union. <laughs> like, you but they're, like, they're, they're filing official papers. Someone on Reddit's going to find official papers about this and be like, guys, there's a fucking system of vampire hunters and they have a union and yeah, they're in yeah, it like yeah. they have an IWW. <laughs> oh, it's they right. don't tell us. No, they're behind a secret door at a laundromat. That yeah, is but ready that's fine. To, that's, they're hiding. I don't know how big that laundromat is because it was really quite a large space they were in. But that is already telling us that things are secret. The fact that he has to go out and masquerade as a pool cleaner to do this work. Yeah. And that there's like shady pawn shop back rooms where they <laughs> buy teeth. And I want to talk about these fucking teeth for a second because I don't get I, the teeth. I really want to. Oh, this yeah. What did they do? Really what did they do? Creeped me. They collected them and turned them in for money. What is the, the deal the with bones this marketplace? Were their money. The, <laughs> what is the bones are their money? The teeth are their money. (laughs) What is the deal with this marketplace for vampire teeth? Who the fuck is buying all these fangs at some market rate? And fucking why? Yeah, they didn't go into that. If there is a union that exists of vampire hunters who are all out there conceivably pulling the fangs of vampires they catch and then giving them, depositing them in this, this, uh, you know, to folks like uh, Dave Franco, who then give them back 
Yeah, oh, like, okay. It's like, it's like the casino cage. So then what the fuck? Who is buying it from them? What value is it to the government? Union? The government, because basically the government is secretly keeping vampires under wraps by paying unions to pay under the table hunters to go out, and the only way they can prove that they're killing the vampires is by collecting these teeth. This job is wild, but like good on this <laughs> job corps to like unionize. Well, the government. You know what I mean? Like an just... off the books job. It's hard to unionize an off the books job. I'm going to go ahead and throw that at you right now. No, that's a good point right there. That makes this movie unrealistic right there. Actually, I'm, I'm more oh, likely to believe vampires than that. <laughs> oh, realistic. I 100% would believe vampires before I believed a vampire hunter's union existed. Absolutely. <laughs> I used to DJ in goth clubs. I have seen people with fangs. I, I believe it. It's true. Mm, they walk but, among yeah, us. Yeah, a union? Come on. In, in 2023? They also like the the main woman vampire implied that if you take their fangs out, that's what really kills them. That's what keeps a vampire vampires the fangs, right? Like you can't take their fangs. But she didn't seem interested in getting them back, as if you could like transfer them to new people or like they were worthless yeah. to vampires once they were taken out. So yeah, I think they can't regenerate them. It was a bounty. They can't regenerate them, so it's not like you yeah, can just like yeah. stick them back in. So maybe whatever. maybe that's like where you learn the most about the species. Is the teeth since they're so they important? They know a lot, bro. They do a lot. <laughs> they knew a lot about vampires. Who is buying the teeth? <laughs> the government. It's a bounty. The, no, no. The Peter Stormare. Yeah, Peter Stormare. Is this a conspiracy theory within that world, or did you hear them talk about that? I never heard. I've watched it twice, and I didn't hear them yeah. once. I mean, I, refer I to not, anything like this. Not at all. None of this. No. Nope. Or are you just like coming with a conspiracy theory? Well, I love I'm it. Making it if up. You hire. Yeah, exactly. And I'm saying that when Jamie Foxx goes to visit Peter Stormare uh, in the back room of that pawn shop, yeah, it's a black there's market, a screen yeah. up. There's a screen up of like the current running value of various vampire teeth. I don't understand. So there's like a, t- what a that teeth market is. Who is it's like, but like it's like an underground. If you're saying, if you're gonna, yeah, he's got like a stock ticker on on vampire teeth. Like yeah, there's like, a lot. The there are people sitting around updating this information to go out to this contraption. <laughs> this is a big deal. This is a huge economy, and I'm gonna I'm gonna say it right here and right now. I bet they would make incredible keys on a piano. <laughs> Seems sharp. No, for they, that, they were kind of yeah. No, they they were kind of small. It have to be like a. Of like mini like baby piano because they, inlay like, I, mm. ah ooh yeah I, An I inlay on the key there's got to be something very particular about teeth that well lasts do you guys forever. remember puka shell necklaces because if you can take those oh, teeth course. and yeah, put yeah. them in you yes of course <laughs> puka shell necklace so I think that basically there the industry is vampire teeth necklaces because they would they would look sick just like the puka shell ones did. See, my theory is that we're dealing with some sort of Sick. network of well-moneyed collectors. That there is something about people who want these things, which right, the elders' teeth have more value yeah, to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, Junior ones. I think there's this sort of like lineage. You know, the rich will buy things the same way. Like, it's like I think you, the you'll, you'll shortage see... here is in vampire hunters. Huh? Is yeah. that it's not a shortage of vampire teeth? It's a shortage of people that are good at this, and maybe it's like contained within LA. So the crux of the question is who's funding it? Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. Where and it is seems the money to be funded by from? an open market? It's such a big market. Oh, yeah. I, I can't get over this. It's such a big market that there's essentially a Wall Street, yeah, a tracking the organization. <laughs> the implication when Jamie Foxx walks back into the union apparently after he got kicked out, 
is that it wasn't always successful, specifically what yeah. I think you said 20 years ago. Yeah, you're um, right. So not only so it's a it's a tech startup too. Uh, it's a new <laughs> booming industry yeah. um, in the valley. Yeah. In the valley, Vampire Two Collection, which <laughs> which which like is a parallel. Like that's I said of a reason is that it's in the valley. It's like a startup. It's this whole thing, and then like it's it's venture capitalists back in this like vampire like collection agency. Um, You're and... hearing it here first, folks. <laughs> Cabbage's investing advice: vampire <laughs> teeth get in early and get in large. You want to spend as much money as possible on this. It's the new crypto. Yeah. Empty the bank accounts. It's it's like crypto squared. I think it's I... worth more than crypto because it's. It's lit. It exists. He said yeah. twenty grand. For, were, he was like, I was going to say, you were talking about some serious 20. ass money. Twenty grand. I mean, you got to kill that's, somebody it's for a crazy. lot of people. That's uh, life changing like, money. Hitman, a human is worth more than you could kill a person. You're talking six figures off jump, but like hmm. you know, I guess a vampire. You know, they're already dead. So yeah, they're already they dead. Seem, they do seem dangerous, but if okay, but also they they seem to want to keep to themselves no they did and i guess the one woman was like we're eventually gonna take over yada yada yeah. they wanted to be I able think, to no, go outside no but that was the thing they want like that was the whole like uh what is it the like midnight of the soul ass thing for uh franco's characters that like he's like oh i'm a nerd and this isn't helpful or useful oh wait it is useful uh, I know that these vampires wouldn't hang out with these vampires and these vampires. Yeah. These vampires, mm. but they're all in the building. Something more powerful is like pulling this all together. <laughs> I get it. I get it. Like this is, you know, especially with that John Wick background. This is a this is an action movie through and through. It's about the action scenes. Mm. I just I don't know. I'm a big lore person too, so it's like None of this. It makes... hints at lore. It gives None you just the tiniest perfect. little taste of lore. And it's like, would you like more? Nope. Here's a bunch of Cirque du Soleil actors getting shot. I <laughs> love that part, though. Yeah. I love the Cirque du Soleil. The action sequences are incredible. Oh, the act, they're so well choreographed, these action scenes. And like now that I, you were saying the John Wick thing, I was like, ah, oh, yeah, yeah, for real, for real. Like these, these look like yeah. I've never seen John Wick actually, but I've seen the fight scenes all the time, just like everywhere. Mm. But sure. uh, yeah, it's like the lore means nothing, and so it's just interrupting <laughs> the fight scene. Yes, it's exactly. Like, the lore, the lore <laughs> isn't constructed in a way where I care. It's like, oh, cool facts about vampires. I guess I won't retain. Yeah. All right. Are we shooting again? Yeah, but also it's like we know who vampires are. This is a world where even if they don't believe vampires exist necessarily, like the larger population. Everybody knows what vampires are. You don't need to explain vampires to people. They come into a movie <laughs> understanding what vampires are. So all you have to do is be like, these are vampires. Vampires, bad. We need to stop vampires. That is it. You would have cut 25 minutes off of this movie without and, – and done very little. The Dave Franco scene where he says, oh, they wouldn't be together, didn't need to be set up 30 minutes prior – in a monologue, it's where later on he could show off his knowledge of these things by simply saying, well, with the five types of vampires, you know, these wouldn't be together in the same place. And it would have the same oh, effect. Very much. And, and that was actually another thing, uh, yeah. back to the theory that, like, it is secret. 
is when Jamie Foxx explains to the wife, you know, that, hey, like, I'm a vampire hunter. It's like, oh, haha, wait, seriously? And then they show, the vampires show the fangs towards yeah. the wife. And she's like, oh! So, like, they, we live in a, they, this world is a world in which people don't believe vampires exist while simultaneously there is a vampire hunter union shots busted out all the time mm. uh, people be, people are like, dumb no well no because <laughs> listen, i'm very meticulous about remembering information they also no, have to it. report to they have to report to they have to report uh, to the police uh, have to re- yeah who keeps right. secrets the police the police keep secrets nah anyway <laughs> so <laughs> like we're supposed to believe that the like that information, the conspiracy of vampires is kept by police officers and that information is not disseminated to the public. The police can't tie their shoes without like <laughs> quick question. Find it out, but... No, totally. Which brings me to a quick question. One of my favorite things to do. A quick question. Where are all these bodies going? Where who's taking these bodies, these vampire bodies, and what are they doing with them? They just what's happening to they? them? Every single no. one of them? Like he gets the teeth and then because like if they would disintegrate, no, they don't disintegrate. No, 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 they don't disintegrate. They're there. They come back and find the body of the old lady. Exactly. Yeah, and it's fully intact. There's just rotting corpses all over the San Fernando Valley. (laughs) This, yeah, this this, rotting headless vampire corpses just all over the. They were just like whatever, bro. (laughs) They were like whatever. Whatever. There's no cleanup in this. Whatever the San Francisco uh, Green Pointers is, they're writing articles about the terrible smell everywhere. What is this terrible <laughs> smell? The what old abandoned bowling alley smells <laughs> terrible all of a sudden. Does anybody else notice this? <laughs> like ne- people on next door are talking about it. <laughs> I don't understand. Uh, in the context of this film, that doesn't make sense. The fact that you have all these 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 crime scenes that just aren't perhaps that's what the police are supposed to do. Maybe they're just coming yeah. and cleaning up vampires. Crime scenes, but like if you think about it in the context of John Wick, insane things happen in like public in John Wick: shootouts, m- motorcycle fights, beheadings, crazy shit happens just on the streets of New York City in these movies. Right. So it's like they're just saying, "Don't worry about it." Don't worry about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, just, just focus on having fun and watching like yeah, yeah, crazy yeah. things Which happen. And the truth Which is, suspend your exactly. disbelief. Yeah. And the truth yeah. is that by the time Snoop Dogg survives an explosion, <laughs> he did. He did. He did. He comes out of the sewer. He didn't just survive an explosion. <laughs> he exploded himself. He was a suicide bomb. He was the exactly. He was in the closest possible range and was the only person to survive and unfazed. My yeah, clothes intact. Yeah, like, yeah, everything's that, fine. That final shot when they just oh, started focusing well, on the, that's on what we the, need to talk about. The thing. I'm like, what the fuck? I'm like, he's gonna this come is out why of the goddamn movie... and then he does. No, I have a theory. I have a question. Isn't isn't th- does he make a small implication that maybe he's a vampire? He has to be. He got bit. That's the only thing that stays true throughout the movie. Uh-huh. When you get bit, you become a motherfucking vampire. Oh. So he that's why he survived the They drain your ass vampire. and you're alive. Yeah. So, but the other so vampires again, didn't survive. Right? He blew well, them up, he right? Exploded the, yeah, that's true. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, so well, maybe no, he's one no, of those no, special but, vampires? I don't know. No, but that's the thing is that Dave Franco or Dave. Yeah, it's Dave. Yeah. <laughs> Dave Franco 
when they turned him into the vampire, he was dead for like a series of hours until yeah, like, yeah, you're Jamie right. Fox, so maybe just some time like, goes by. Up. So he exploded himself because he knew he was about to turn into a vampire, and then the time yeah. went by and he woke up. But also that that leads that leads me to believe again that there mm-hmm. are vampires who are <laughs> vampire hunters. <laughs> and or like yes. the, like Dave Franco, like th- they're walk amongst the the, but they feel morally like they should kill other vampires for well for the team. So we're talking about Blade Funny. here. I've never seen Blade. I know that's sacrilege. Same. Very much. There would not but... be an MCU. I don't like the MCU because it's all these what just the defense department like propaganda. But yep. like there would not be an MCU if there was no Blade. Okay. Uh, and Real. everybody's like, oh, oh blah, 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 Iron Man, Iron Man. No, Blade is Blade. what, like, <laughs> other, other than just Wu-Tang Clan, like, Blade yes. is what makes, like, superhero films modernly cool. <laughs> and the director of this movie was uh, a stuntman on the original Blade. Mm. Nice. Oh. So there is a connection again there. This movie's cosmic, man. It's a cosmic gumbo. (laughs) This movie was written to be a sequel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it, it was written to produce sequels. They were yeah, going to yeah, franchise yeah. this out. This, this whole gonna thing, be a like all of this was explication in the second one, like a John Wick 2 was just going to be action all the way through. Yeah. A bigger, angrier vampire is mad about the death of a large vampire. And that vampire is going to bring crazy vampires. Yeah. I'll help and it. it's going to take about. him and a bunch of vampires to beat these vampires. And you know what? I would watch it in a heartbeat. <laughs> Oh, in a heartbeat. Of course. You take the explication out of this film, and it is awesome. (laughs) It's so much fun if you don't have to be drugged down into, like, actual human interactions. I wish I knew less about vampires after this Yes. Because there was something specific (laughs) to these vampires that I'm going to then take into my next movie watch about vampires and be wrong about. So like, oh yeah, well these vampires, if you put them in the sun, they'll just their skin will burn a bit, but they're mostly fine. Uh, well, they've got that sunscreen they could use, right? Yeah, that that's gonna work out. That good. was brought up a couple. That times. was the other thing. That was the other thing. I watched what was it, Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter after this movie. <laughs> I watched Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter after this movie because like I had planned to beforehand, and. Yeah. and yo, it's like there's like a whole sunscreen subplot, and I was like. <laughs> like I was like, oh, these movies are connected in that way because like that's not normally a thing in vampire movies. <laughs> like it's not like, yeah. oh yeah, you gotta, you gotta yeah, get that was new to me. Yeah. They included a photo in the background of a blank and vampire hunter. So it's that connected, okay? It's like I don't, I don't know why, but it's in a shot with Big John, and I remember seeing it because I, I worked in bookstores when that book came out, and people lost their minds for it. See, this shit is like when fucking they made the zombies fast in zombie movies. It used to be zombies were slow. slow. Yeah. And they they trudged because they were diminished and they were scary because they were slow. But if they 28 days later made them fast. 
they suddenly fast zombies in 28 days later. And then like your walking dead zombies are fast. And now all the zombies are fast. One of the screenwriters of this movie has done a bunch of these like Zack Snyder zombie movies for Netflix. Army of the Dead, Army of Thieves, and mm. another like three in the tank coming. There's this genre stuff where we're just saying, let's take this thing that everybody knows and understands and let's make it more complicated for some fucking reason. <laughs> and that is what happened with this movie. They overcomplicated vampire. <laughs> Why no, you that is not what I agree. thought you were setting us up for. <laughs> yeah. No, they really did. No, it's real. And like what's a what what's interesting is that like you know horror is often used as a tool to like reflect what's going on in society and like used as a tool to like oh this is what you're whatever you know like you know this is what we want to comment on and have commentary on either like subconsciously or consciously it shows and how the horror film is filmed what the plot is about whatever and so like that was an interesting thing and like <laughs> I am also bringing up Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter again the difference between yeah. these two <laughs> movies, um, like the similarity is they're both propaganda uh propaganda specifically um, <laughs> but like the Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter the fear seems to be like the I don't know the disillusion of america and so like you know the vampires stand for like something that's higher than the white supremacist state that is america and in this movie it's like it it doesn't even get to like an actual like what what is the vampire like supposed to represent oh fight scene and so it's yeah. like yeah it, doesn't... it suffers from cramming so much schlock into itself it's so thick like, it's so dense we need so much matter. backstory for people who like i mean it it means very like we're cramming as much of that as as possible into this that like there yeah, are like, long I... dry spells between attacks yeah or oh, you get right. lots of conversation and all of it is weighted hard by like pressure they they, they, they talk about their pressures a lot yeah. And it just doesn't, I don't know, it falls flat to me. Yeah, and it's like uh, with narratives, like I'm big, I'm really, really big in the narratives and how they come out. There mm -hmm. are like, you know, films that are just fun. There are films that are, you know, trying to whatever. They're mm -hmm. like plot wise trying to convey something. And then there are films that like do the like little vignette thing and they all come together to mean something in the end also. And it's just like this film doesn't really know what it's trying to be like it starts out in a place like you said and it's just like let's ultimately what it is is just like justifying the fight scenes but in between justifying the fight scenes is it a movie about a guy who wants his family to stay together or wants to like you know really care about the work that he's doing and you know have a new friendship or is it about like how unions keep us safe or about how police are bad or about how real estate is bad? I, I like, think the union took it, a beating in this one. Oh, like, without a doubt, <laughs> the union it really took sense. a beating. I'm, I'm not saying the unions aren't kind of ridiculous sometimes, but like, listen, <laughs> it was this, illegal, like... this illegal teeth union, <laughs> not a great, not a strong union. That's all I'm saying that they're kind of a weak link in it all. Yeah, so it's like paternal <laughs> order of police being the good guys, and it's like, ah, well. <laughs> like, I love Snoop Dogg, you know? I love Snoop Dogg, but, like, you can't, you can't, what, what is happening right now? And also the <laughs> whole, like, 
oh, I am a vampire now, but like I want to fight vampires. It, it's so convoluted in its messaging that it just literally does not mean anything. <laughs> there's, there's like the only thing keeping any of these vampires from flipping back to the side that's obviously going to win in a straight up battle against humans if it came down to like attacking each other. They they just sort of explain it away. We're like these guys are friends. Like the yeah, his next door neighbor like, sort of is like, oh, she fired me or something, or she made me into a vampire and now I'm mad at her. Yeah, it was so weird. And that like whole 30 seconds, they like we're like, let me explain for 30 seconds. Then we gotta go fight together, even though you have been murdering my kind and my kind has been attacking you. <laughs> and also <laughs> they're yeah, like cool. Whether or not vampires are animals or like you know mm. beings with like complex morality, uh, it just doesn't pick a side because sometimes yeah, it seems like both like... exist. Yeah, yeah, it's a little annoying in that way. This movie fucking sucks. Well, yeah, it's <laughs> not a great movie, but I didn't, I didn't hate it as much as a lot of other movies that all. suck. You know, yeah. yeah. You know what would would improve it? Truly improve it is a sequel. Or just sixty percent more Snoop Dogg. But that's what we would that's get in the sequel. Yeah, exactly. You see, Jeff, what I you're mean, trying to do, Jeff, is you're trying to basically we're taking the same logic from Ghosts of Mars. Is you spend a whole mm. movie setting up exposition where all you want to see is Ice Cube and Natasha Henstrich shoot and a the, bunch of space. And the Martians. second movie is supposed to be that. It's supposed to so, be that. So let's get this second one rolling. Let's get these people who weren't particularly great at their jobs back together. And let's get it rolling again. <laughs> I've never even yeah. heard of that movie. What movie? Oh, man. Earlier this season, we watched a film called Ghosts of Mars, which is a John Carpenter film uh, that was released, incidentally, right after John Carpenter's Vampires, which is a way better vampire movie than this one. And I recommend everybody listening to watch John Carpenter's Vampires. But John Carpenter did a movie called Ghosts of Mars with uh, Ice Cube basically playing like a Snake Plissken type character. Uh, who um, lives on Mars, I think was born and raised on Mars in this colony, that ends up being part of the fight against a uh, strange, I don't know what you want to call it. uh, Possession. Possession, viral possession situation uh, where people are turned into like versions of ancient Martians. Um, It's terrible. It's a terrible film. It's really bad. And after that, uh, John Carpenter didn't make another movie for nearly a decade. The Cabbage's <laughs> Curse, baby. <laughs> the Cabbage's we... Curse. Even John Carpenter can't. We didn't know this going into that film. Wow. It was, I swear, I, that's where I came up with the theory. I was like, this is ridiculous. We that are... guy's made a billion films. And he was like, you guys pick the one. Yeah. <laughs> you picked the one out of 30. We are basically like paleontologists for the end of film careers. <laughs> Actors, directors, writers. We find bodies just littered. Just like we're just well, scavenging. We'll Look at all these fossils of like, oh, uh, sorry, up. Mr. Troy's. Yeah. So is so the sequel called Night Shift or what? Yes, I mean, of course it is. There is no sequel in production. I want to say that. So it has I understand not done... that. We're we're talking about a, a dream world where I get yes. what I want. I know. I mean, look, I know. I know. I don't ever get what I want, Gary. I got it. You don't deserve <laughs> it. But you know, Jamie Fox obviously has been dealing with a lot of health issues. There's been a lot of like tabloid stuff about it. So it's like he's there's films he already made that are still coming out. Like they clone Tyrone just came out on Netflix not long ago. 
Uh, he's well, the guy amazing. Yeah, it was really good. He was great in that. There's another film he has coming up, which is from the uh, same director as this movie, um, and it's oh. called Back in Action, where he it is a uh, another action comedy uh, with Cameron Diaz. So him and Cameron Diaz have uh, teamed up for that one. They really workshop that title. What I <laughs> and he's and he's the second <laughs> unit director on that one because he right. has a movie. He has another movie coming up called The Killer's Game. That he's directing. It's gonna be his second. Uh, how did you continue again. through that, Gary? After that Amazing comment, title. how did you? You're a, such a professional. I just want to take a moment. Starring talking about how Batista, professional you are. That was an Scott excellent Adkins joke. Adkins and Ice Cube. So he's moving on to an Ice Cube movie next. Which that I'm smells very, like a Cabbage's special event. I feel like we're <laughs> gonna be back at it. That was an excellent episode. I don't want to like step over the entire, it was a wonderful episode. I don't care about talking about that movie anymore. I want to talk about the red hot topic on the table here, which is the talking oh. dog season. This is a good idea. No, it's not a good idea. I've got our opener for us. Really? You know exactly what you want the first talking I've got dog our movie to be? For us. Is it Strays, we... the new movie that's coming out? No. No, but that's not a bad idea. No, it's the greatest horrible like the greatest terrible worst wonderful dog talking movie of all time look who's talking now oh wow packed with big names and wow. an absolute disaster danny devito was the dog in that one danny devito was a dog and i think they replaced roseanne barr's character in that one they couldn't get her back for her. <laughs> for it and i think maybe Bruce Willis bowed out too because I guess they would have been too old to be inner monologue babies. But it was Danny DeVito, and I'm just looking at it now. Diane Keaton, they were the dogs. Dude, look who's talking now. This cast is a killer. And you still get John Travolta, and you still get Christy Alley. You still get Olympia Dukakis. Of course. In her glory, we should be so lucky as to have more. Jeff, Charles Barkley is in this movie. Charles Barkley is in the movie, Gary. As Charles Barkley. We gotta we gotta do it. This is the next logical step for cabbages, the talking dog season. Talking dog season. Think about it, Gary. You put okay, it through well, the break. Keep it going there. But that's not what we're doing. Yeah, no, we gotta pick a movie for the next whatever. We have the we finale. We got cool the, as, we got the uh, too cool as ice. Cool as ice. Cool as ice. And so now we can now we can focus on the real thing, the talking dog movies. It's the Cabbages Podcast Network.